0: We're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Tonight, we are going to be talking about the importance, the significance of communion. How many of you kind of know what communion is? Okay, most of you, yeah. So you know a little bit about, like, The significance, you know, maybe you've taken it before in church or somewhere else, or maybe Pastor Chris used to do it here. I'm not quite sure. So I want you guys to listen to me for like the next 20 minutes. Don't completely tune me out. I know you're tired. Some of you may have already tuned me out. Sorry. Thanks, Wesley. That's cool too. (laughs) So (laughs) you're a character. Sorry. Uh-huh. All (laughs) right. All right. So communion, which is also known as the Lord's Supper or Eucharist, it's the Greek for Thanksgiving, is a privilege that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, and believers in Jesus, have the opportunity to share in these uh, emblems. I'll show you here. We have, if you've never seen this before, um, it's fancy. It's a two-in-one. So we've got the cracker. No, it's not wine. It's grape juice. We're not giving wine to a bunch of high schoolers, middle schoolers. Yes, so these two emblems, we share uh, in these emblems together and proclaim Jesus' step. So, I forget which button I'm hitting. There we go. The term communion. So, what is communion? All right. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. So, this is really neat. Um, it was a very intimate conversation between Jesus and his disciples on the night before he was betrayed. All right. Um, They sat down. Maybe you've seen the Lord's Supper, the picture. Maybe you read about it in the Bible. So this is a time when Jesus and his disciples kind of got together and he gave them kind of like a breakdown of like what to do, love one another, love other people as I have loved you. Um, So he kind of had this really intimate talk with them before he was about to be beaten in the next few hours. He was about to get beaten over and over again and then eventually crucified on the cross. So we should never underestimate the importance, the power of communion. It is a sacred and holy time to really reflect on who Jesus is, what he did for us on that cross, and why he did it for us, you know, which I think to me is like the hardest part to really understand, like, why did Jesus do that for me? You know, and we are sinners and... and you know, am I really that lovable? I don't know. So uh, it's a sacred time to really reflect, a time to reflect on his ministry, his love for us, and his suffering, which eventually then led to his death. Even though it is a time to reflect on Jesus' death and resurrection, it's also a time that we are reminded that Jesus is then coming back for us so we can spend eternity with him, all right? That's the really exciting part, is that he's coming back to, so we can go and spend eternity with him. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit. So communion illustrates our fellowship with God the Father and Jesus as his son. Our fellowship through the Holy Spirit, which, you know, Mandy's talked about a couple weeks ago. And our fellowship with one another as a family, right? We, we're Apex family. That's kind of what we're known as. That's who we are. So it's our fellowship with one another as well. So the Passover, how many of you have heard of Passover? Okay, good. Good wasn't just an ordinary meal that Jesus and his disciples gathered for, but it was an important meal and one of the biggest dates in the Jewish calendar. Um, It wasn't a coincidence that the following day Jesus was going to be crucified. So the Passover was a time in the Jewish, and it still is, a time in the Jewish calendar when they would remember their escape from Egypt and how their lives had been spared as God passed over those people who had put the lamb's blood over their doors, so this is kind of what it looked like, the Passover. Um, they would slaughter a lamb and they would spread the blood of the lamb over the doors and that would be the symbol or significance, you know, telling God to pass over their home, that they are being spared from being killed. So it's, it's um, pretty important for Jewish believers today. Um, the Jewish Passover involves the retelling of the escape from Egypt and those taking par- part eat all sorts of things. And they have the um, what's called the Seder meal, or the Passover meal. Um, I know Kayla knows a lot about that. Her grandmother puts together like phenomenal Seder meal, from what I understand. Um, but they do like they have like significance with like matzo ball soups and uh, their whole spread. And each item or each uh, piece piece of food have some sort of significance to them which is a whole nother conversation for another day. But it's really neat. If you've never been to a Seder meal, I suggest you go to one, get invited. You eat really good food. So Jesus spends his last evening with his disciples sharing the Passover meal with them. And then this is what's really neat. Jesus introduces his disciples to the new Passover. So in the original Passover, which we just talked about briefly, the Jewish people were instructed to kill a lamb, spread its blood over their doorframes, and then... It would be they would be spared from dying, from being killed. And then um, it would spare their firstborn sons from death. So from that point on, the Passover celebrated the passing over by God. But during the Last Supper, which was the night before God, or Jesus, I'm sorry, was beaten and crucified, Jesus comes along, and towards the end of their meal, he does something that's really symbolic here. So he breaks bread, and he says, this is my body, broken for you. And he drinks wine saying this is my blood shed for you. Jesus makes this meal about him because he knows what's about to happen in those next couple hours. He already knows he's going to be taken. He already knows what's coming, which is crazy to think about because his disciples were kind of sitting around the last supper going like, "Oh, this is like a really nice meal." <laughs> like, "Okay, I could do this." But, you know, Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to be taken, he was going to be beaten, immensely and beyond, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but like, people did not even recognize him. That's how crazy it was. They couldn't recognize him because of the amount of blood he lost, Uh, and then he was nailed to the cross for our sake. He also knows that Judas will soon betray him. He knows that he would be beaten over and over and then hung and killed on that cross. So there's a great deal of significance regarding the grape juice or the wine, Wesley, which they drank then, and the bread that they had in front of them. So Jesus relates the two of these things to being the body uh, that is soon to be beaten and the blood that would be shed from himself for our sins so that we wouldn't have to take the beating when we sin, that we wouldn't have to go through that much pain. He instead took all that pain and all that suffering upon himself for us. So he goes even further to say that, you know, he is the new Passover lamb, the new sacrifice for each one of us Even when you don't feel lovable, even though you don't feel worthy enough of his love, he still loves you enough that he was willing to die for you. That's how amazing uh, uh, the final crucifixion was and that final death on the cross. So his blood would spare the blood of many. So God sent his son to die for each one of us so that we wouldn't have to take that beating. So let's take a close look at this passage. This is Matthew Gosh, guys, you know, I, I did this last time. I know, Dave, you're shaking your head. All right. Can I see? I know you did. You know, this is hard. All right. So Matthew 26, 17 to 21, it says, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparation for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. Can you imagine him just kind of sitting back, reclining at the table? And he's just chilling, and he knows what's about to happen. So, uh, and while they were eating, he said, truly I tell you, Tell you one of you will betray me. So he was already predicting the future. Verses twenty-two to twenty-five. It says they were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, "Surely you don't mean me, Lord." Jesus replied, "The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man! It would be better for him if he had not been born." Then Jude, yeah, whoa. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. Verses 26 to 30, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not... this Think. Read this part with me. All right. This is really neat. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. All right. So that part right there, he's not going to take communion again until we are all up in heaven in his Father's kingdom. All together. That's to me. That part's like amazing. Like God is not going to. He's not gonna, Jesus isn't going to take communion again until we are all together in his Father's kingdom, taking it all, uh, all together as one. So communion involves partaking of those two elements, the bread and the grape juice. So what does the bread represent? The bread represents that body of Jesus, right? And those stripes that he got whipped on his back. And the amount of blood that he shed represents that grape juice. So when we take of the bread and communion, we acknowledge that Jesus is our source of life, right? He is the only one that can satisfy our spiritual hunger. So when we're looking to all other places to try to find some sort of satisfaction, the only one that can fulfill you is Jesus. The only one that can fulfill you is the word of God. That's what we need to be making our source of life. He is our source. He's the only one that can satisfy that. He's the only one that we should be running to in our time of need, Let's see here. Hold on. Wait a second. I'm ahead of myself, but that's okay. I'm not going to read these ones because, well, you know, I have to get down again. All right. So John 6, 51. Right there, it says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. During the last supper, Jesus broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples. At this time, he was signifying that his body would be broken so that they can have life. That's exactly what we do on a Sunday morning when we're partaking of communion together. You know, and we are, that's the significance of it. The breaking of bread with other believers also signifies fellowship and unity within the body of Christ. Jesus wants us to experience unity within our apex family, all right, with the peers next to you, with. You know, the people sitting in front of you, behind you, next to you. You know, we are exactly that. We are family. We are sons and daughters of the one true king. So what does the grape juice or the wine represent then? That represents Jesus' blood. You know, I mentioned, like, he was beaten so badly that people couldn't recognize him. He lost so much blood that day from those beatings and being whipped. Um, And the crown of thorns that was shoved onto his head. And the nails that you know, went straight through his hands and his feet. Like he, I mean, imagine that type of pain, that type of suffering. But if you've never heard it before, like God did that, Jesus did that for you. You know, he was thinking of you when he was taking that beating. He was thinking of you when that nail was going through his hands. And that's something I think we really need to focus on today is like God did, he sent his one only son, like I can't imagine doing that, but sent his one and only son to die a horrific death for each one of us. So that grape juice or that wine, that's the pouring out of Jesus' blood, and it signifies his suffering, his death. So First 1 John 1, 1.7, it says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Purifies us from all sin. You know, God gave his one and only son to die that type of death so that we could have life you know, in a life more abundant, a life that we could never ever imagine for ourselves. But he wants us to have a more abundant, fulfilling life. You know, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Being a believer and follower of Jesus ensures us that we can one day have everlasting life with him in heaven. You know, he was the ultimate sacrifice because he poured out his blood to cleanse our hearts from our sinful ways. You know, how many of you think you're perfect? Oh, good. Okay. Nobody actually raised their hand. (laughs) I was going to be a little worried. But like, you know, God did that for us. All right. We screw up time and time again. We mess up every single day. We're doing something that's really stupid or silly. And God still loves us. All right. He sent his one and only son that we would be purified from our sins. Um, So when we take of this communion cup tonight, we're committing to follow Jesus no matter what. You know, community is never something that should be taken lightly, and I think on Sunday mornings it becomes too, I don't know what the word is I want to use, but maybe like cliche, or like, okay, we do it once a month because it's on the calendar, Um, when I think like we really need to focus on the importance, the significance of it, and I'm not saying every church does it that way, but... I think as believers, taking that time that they give us to really reflect on what He did, why He did it, um, and just thanking Him for how amazing and a good God He is. Um, just taking that time to really reflect on who He is and what He did for us. You know, it shouldn't ever be mocked. It shouldn't ever be, you know, making jokes about it. Even like on a Sunday morning, you know, I even my kids even take the communion cup, and just being able to explain that to them is something that I kind of take pride in knowing, like, at a young age, they get to understand it as well as we get to understand it. And knowing that, you know, Jesus died for them, too, as he did for me. So not taking it lightly um, is something that I think we really need to focus on uh, every time we have this cup in our hand, really focusing on wh- why he did it. So it's a time where we can thank Jesus for that sacrifice that he made for us. So Philippians three, ten to eleven, it says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Sharing in communion with other believers gives us opportunity to experience Jesus' life and power, as well as his death and suffering that he endured. You know, as long as you openly claim to be a believer in and follower of Jesus Christ, then, you know, I welcome you to take communion. Um, It's not something like you don't have to take it, Um, but we are going to spend some time tonight to kind of focus on uh, and reflect about what he did on the cross for us and give, give you guys an opportunity to really take the time to thank him for what he did. So before we share in community together, I, I encourage you, each of you, to examine your heart, to really um, take a look at your own life. And 1 Corinthians 11:27 27 to 29 says, "That's not up there, anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the master irreverently or with disrespect is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death. So think about that. We're not just taking the cup just to do it because everybody else is doing it. We're taking the cup, uh, the bread, the juice, because we want to give him thanks. So anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the master with any type of disrespect or without thinking or examining your own heart or testing your motives is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death. So is that the kind of remembrance you want to be part of? Examine your motives, test your heart, come to this meal in holy awe. If you give no thought, or worse, don't care about the broken body of the master when you eat and drink, you're running the risk of serious consequences. The Bible warns us to turn from our sinful ways before identifying with and reflecting on Jesus' life and death. So it's a time for you, you know how like, so Catholics have the confessional booth, Right, they go to the priest. They, I did this and this wrong, and you know, forgive me, Father. That whole thing. We can go straight to the source, right? We can go straight to God. We can go straight to Him and just be like, God, I am so sorry. I screwed up this week big time, and that's on me. And I am asking for your forgiveness. I'm asking for you to forgive me of everything that I did wrong, and uh, you know, just reflecting on on what we did in our life. So, what's really neat is we can go straight to God. You know, we don't have to have somebody in between that we gotta talk to, but we can go to him, we can pray to him, and ask for forgiveness. So, communion is also a time to anticipate the day when we will see Jesus face to face. You know, that's something I look forward to, and I know, like, as teenagers, you're like, well, man, I really wanna get married, I wanna have kids, I wanna go to college, I wanna, like, have fun. It's, (laughs) Dave's like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Sorry, Dave. (laughs) Most of you may eventually want to go to college or get a job or whatever. Um, But it's something we can look forward to knowing that we can go eventually and spend eternity with God in heaven. And that's something we can look forward to. So Matthew 26, 29, it says, Jesus says, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. That's something super exciting. You know, for the first time since his death, well, for the first time since the Last Supper, he will be drinking it with us and we will be able to experience communion together with him when he returns. So that's really, I think, something we can really look forward to, to be able to experience that with God the Father and Jesus. Like, can you imagine that? That would be, that's gonna be a phenomenal day when we're all together experiencing that together. So I need a helper, one quick helper, You got it? I know, I'm sorry. I just really fast. She grabbed the front row. I just need you to pass these out for me. All right, so once shh, once all those are passed out, we are going to take communion together. Thank you very much. So typically we take the, I'm doing this right, the bread first. And you know, Jesus said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Think of me when you're Every time you're taking communion, every time you kind of see these emblems, think of me, reflect on how good of a God I am. Reflect on everything I've done for you, reflect on who I am to you. You know, is God your father? Is he best friend? Is he someone you can run to, your comforter, your helper, your healer, you know? So we're gonna take just about like 30 seconds, but before we take the spread, I want you to think about the body that was broken for you. And um, if you need to get alone by yourself, that's cool too. But just spend 30 seconds praying to God and just thanking him for how good he is. Jesus, we know you love us so very much, even when we're not worthy of your love, even though we don't understand it sometimes, we don't understand why you care so deeply about each one of us. Lord, but you know the number of hairs on our head, you know the number of freckles on our body, you know everything intimate about us, Father God. And tonight, we just want to tell you how much we love you. We just want to tell you how much you really mean to us, Father God. You are a good, good God, and we don't deserve that, Father God, but we're so grateful for who you are. Thank you for sending your Son to be the ultimate sacrifice for us. Thank you for sending your Son to die on that cross, that horrible death for us, Father God. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for what you're doing in this Apex family. We pray through tonight we would become more unified as a body, Father. We would become more unified as an apex family. And Lord, you are so good to us, even when we don't deserve it. You are so good to us, even though we don't understand it half the time. And Lord, we pray right now over this this little piece of bread and this huge significance it has in our lives, Father God, that we would just remember this night. We remember everything good you've done in our lives this far and know that there is so much greater to come, Father, that you have so much more in, plan, more in store for us, you have such great plans for us, Father. So tonight as we take this bread, I just pray right now that these students would understand the significance. They would understand that you died for each one of them individually, that you were thinking about them each individually as you were taking that beating, as you were being hung on that cross, Father. And we thank you for that body We thank you for that body, Father God, as as you were beaten. Go ahead and take the the bread together. And then we're going to do the same thing with the, the grape juice. Be careful when you open it that it doesn't spill on you. So this grape juice represents that blood that was shed, that (laughs) huge amount of blood that was shed. Every drop of that blood was for you. Every drop of that blood was, he was thinking about you. When the crown of thorns went on, when he's dripping in blood from being beaten, the scars and the holes in his hands. Every ounce of blood that he shed that day. He was thinking about you. So let's take a few seconds here, to just once again, tell him how good he is, how grateful you are for, just thank him. If that's all you got to do, just say, thank you, God, for, for coming into my life, for being Lord over everything. God tonight. We're reflecting on that night that you were you were beaten and the blood that you shed, Father. We can't tell you how grateful we are, how thankful we are. There's no words to even express what you mean to us, Father God. But we are so grateful you were thinking about us when you were going through that. We are so thankful that you were Willing to die such a horrible death for each one of us, Father God. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for thinking of each one of these students tonight, Father. They are not here on purpose. They are here because you had this plan for them. Lord, we give thanks to you tonight, knowing that you are the ultimate sacrifice, that you are the one that we can run to that you are our source, that we can come straight to you when we're going through something difficult. Because of that death, Father, we have access to you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and take the cup together. It's not that bad. So tonight, guys, we've taken, just hold your cups for uh, another minute or two. Uh, We've taken a true look at what communion meant back then and also what it means for us today as followers of Jesus. And I hope tonight it might have been some like, what of a basic communion message, but um, I hope you understand a little bit more about why he did what he did and understand uh, the significance of what communion really means. So that when you're in church on a Sunday morning, you're not just doing what the pastor says, but it means something in here. You understand it a little bit more. Today, God can pass over us only through Jesus and we can be saved, but for the Jewish people, what's crazy is they had to choose to put the lamb's blood above their doors to be saved, which seems obvious, but not everyone did it. The same goes for us. It's a choice to be a believer and a follower of Jesus. It's a choice you make every single day. You know, we have to choose to accept Him, and we also have to choose to accept that He died for us, so that God would pass over us and cleanse us from our sins. We have to choose to walk with Him rather than continue to walk and follow others in this world. You know, it's a choice every single day whether you're gonna follow your friend's footsteps or follow the footsteps that God has already placed there for you. When we ask Jesus to be our Savior, we are able to have a relationship with Him. And you know, I mentioned it, we have full access to God. It's not like you gotta go to somebody else before you can go and talk to God. You have full access to him, he is your source. A relationship with Jesus isn't about the awesome, you know, we do awesome youth events here, um, or even a church service, but it's about your life and it's about having Jesus at the center of your life. It's about God loving you so much that he wanted a relationship with you. You know, he sent Jesus to die on that cross for you, whether you believe you're worthy of it or not. Um, But Jesus to be that new Passover lamb for us. So Psalm 103, 11 and 12 say, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How amazing is that? You know, God doesn't even remember what you sinned, what your sin was yesterday, or even this morning. He has no idea. And quite frankly, I don't think he cares. You know, as long as you've asked for forgiveness, you are totally forgiven, and you are now in right relationship with God. And that's all that matters. So maybe you're here tonight, and this is the first time you ever heard about Jesus, or maybe you've heard about him, but you've never accepted his love for you, or maybe you've responded to God's call a long time ago, you've accepted him, but you've kind of given up and you know you've given given up on what his call was for your life. You've given up on having a relationship with him. But you know, I'm gonna ask you tonight to run to Jesus. If you need to talk or need to pray with somebody, come see a leader. But tonight I just hope you're able to understand a little bit more about the significance of communion um, and how important it is for us as believers, how important it is to have that one-on-one relationship with God. So we are going to close out in prayer. And then we are not doing small groups tonight. We're doing something a little, kind of closing out this way tonight. Um, you guys are free to either talk with a leader or you can go upstairs and hang out. But let's go ahead and close in prayer tonight. Father God, we are just so grateful tonight for all that you are in our lives, for sending your son to die on that cross for us, uh, knowing that he was thinking about each one of us, knowing that every beating he took and every blood that every drop of blood that was shed father he was thinking about us and i pray tonight that these students would take this home and and even apply it to their lives knowing that tomorrow can be different knowing that tomorrow they have a brand new relationship with you father god and i pray for these students tonight that if there's forgiveness that needs to be asked that they would go ahead and ask it if there's amends that need to be made that they would go ahead and make those father whatever needs to be made right in their lives that they would go ahead and do that and we thank you for allowing us to be here tonight and allowing us to understand and study your word more as a as a family and um that we would just take this to heart and it would help us understand a little bit about why you did what you did father god and the importance of communion we pray all this in your precious name and everybody said amen amen Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.